Welcome to Sports Therapy Episode 11. Today, we connect with you, the loyal viewers and listeners of the podcast, by answering your questions in another Q&A episode. We really enjoy doing these as they give us an opportunity to discuss a wide range of topics, and we know y'all are into it because you're the ones that ask in the first place, right? One of the questions leads me to telling the story of dropping nearly 30 points in a high school basketball game and KTO winning a college track event that literally brought his coach to tears. We talk about a couple funny encounters with NFL players and much much more let us know in the comments if we should do these more often as we're thinking about leaning into the q a format a little more frequently if you're watching on youtube timestamps are in the description as always so you can skip to the parts that you're most interested in but the biggest w's go to the loyal day ones that listen to the whole thing if you found us on any of the podcasting apps be sure to leave us a rating as that helps us continue to grow but other than that that's enough for the intro time to jump in the sports therapy episode 11 yeah so okay you know actually i kind of wanted to show one thing because i was thinking about it i was looking at my closet and i found this jersey that my dad had given me oh you remember the old pro combat jerseys college football Mm -hmm. yeah so i have this boise state hey pro combat with the blue sleeve on one side yeah that's hard really wacky jersey (laughs) but i mean and then like the orange on the side yeah and the the Bronco eye has a little orange eye canes. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, you can see it. But yeah, so it was just funny because you know Nike did the whole pro combat thing, and it was like 2009 through 2012, 13ish, and they started yeah. doing these wacky uniforms. If you remember, for a bunch of teams like Ohio State had a really weird one. But I remember it from NCAA. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but Boise State, I think they wore these against VTech, and mm. they played them in a neutral site. And VTech's uniforms in that game were, were they're one of my favorite uniforms of all time, if you ever see them. Just the matte black helmets and like that, like the almost ombre, like black to purple to the orange, their colors kind of thing. Yeah. So I thought it was so cool because it was just experimenting, but they kind of got away from doing that. I completely forgot about those jerseys. I forgot about those. They was, they was dope, bro. It was yeah. a fire, like the little alternates. Like I wanted yeah. to run with those every single time on a game. And I, for, I completely forgot about that, man. Yeah, so it's it's just really cool. I think that's a really cool part of like college football history. I wish they did that kind of stuff more. Yeah, so, real talk, real talk. Yeah, that was hard. So what you been up to, bro? What's the deal? Yeah, just this this last week's been been cool. I just obviously Cold War came out. Been playing that. Got a yeah. video up finally. It's been over a month. Okay. And I'm just kind of getting back in the swing of productivity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like once you get out of it, it's much harder to get back into it. Like you just let yourself kind of chill for a little while, but you know, worked on it, got it up. And now I'm feeling ready to go for like the next one and just kind of get that momentum back rolling. Hell yeah. Finish the football season strong, you know? Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. How about you, man? Pretty much the same. You know what I'm saying? Been working, man. I was mad. I had a video ready to drop last week. But um, it took forever to get the sponsorship approved. Yeah. So I had to sit on it. But it'll drop soon. So um, dope video. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's going to go crazy or nothing. But yeah. just from the people that watch it, it's, it's a dope video. You know what I'm saying? You're just saying, like, you, you know, you don't know how well it's going to do. Yeah. That is, we've talked about it. But that's the one thing that I'm really trying to change in my approach. Mm-hmm. So I uploaded the video yesterday, and I did not try to pay attention to the numbers at yeah. all like i just didn't look because at the end of the day it doesn't matter the video was sponsored so it makes a certain amount of money 
mm-hmm. and it's going to get views eventually because that's kind of how I direct my content. So yeah. day one numbers don't matter if in six months it has the same amount of views as another video that did way better than it in day one. For sure. But you get so caught up because it's kind of that like you have that ang- <clears throat> that post video anxiety yeah. that you're just kind of like you need something to like make you feel better because it just like that feeling of like putting something out there. It never goes away. Man, the good and, news is right now I'm distracted because of Cold War that you were just talking about. So yeah. I've been going crazy on this Cold War, bro. I was yeah. telling uh, my boy I was really enjoying leveling up in a beta. And it was super slow and like grindy. But I was like, bro, for some reason, I'm like, I feel like I'm addicted to leveling up again. That's a good feeling. And so I've been going crazy on that. Like really all day, I stopped to, to jump on this, and then my video already made. So that's the good news. They ain't approved my uh, my ass. So now I got a video for this week already. So boom, I throw that up, <laughs> and I'm back on the game. You feel me? Man, that's the beauty of progression. Just because even though it's a video game that it's pixels on a screen that don't matter, just yeah, working on something that isn't just so important. Like yes. everything doesn't have to be like oh I'm progressing in life. I'm doing the per- like everything perfect. It's like just able to take a break from all that yeah, and do something that it feels rewarding because you're progressing, but it's also enjoyable. Yeah. It's just fun. And you just need that. You have to find those things. Yeah, for sure. For so, sure. yeah. But anyways, I did want to give sort of a shout out to some people who commented from the last video. Cause we were talking about playing on the outsides in a football game and wondering what the mentality of, of like, yeah, the, in, yeah, like yeah. the inside the guys. big uglies, which I know yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, so Bengals OSU. Okay, comment right there. Yeah, <laughs> he he's an offensive lineman, and this is his direct quote from the comment: "I am an offensive lineman. My mentality is to beat them, push them to the ground, and control them. It feels okay. so good when you make a good block, and then the QB, halfback, or any other skill position scores a touchdown. You feel great. You feel so good when you pancake somebody." And then a guy commented back: "Nick Carwell saying, as a defensive lineman, the mentality is the exact same." Football is legalized violence. <laughs> God, these dudes is different, bro. I, I remember talking to, uh, I had interviewed Takeo Spikes. He said something similar to that. I was like, yo, it's like these dudes are playing a whole different game almost. But I, I guess I could I could dig that. Like, I feel it. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. a, I guess, an interesting way to look at it. You know what I'm saying? An interesting way to go into the game. I guess that's really more of what football is than even what we do. Well, what we used to do, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the actual football going on with the with Bingo OSU and Nick Carwell. You feel me? Well, if I get the ball in the backfield, it doesn't matter if I have like world class speed, if I can truck nine guys. Like it doesn't matter if yeah. if that guy block on the line doesn't get the block, it's over. Exactly. You only can make so many crazy plays, no matter how good you are. It just that's just how it is. So yeah, those those guys I have a lot of respect for. I in high school. I made a deal with my offensive lineman that if I had over a hundred yards, every time I got over a hundred yards, I would take him to my dad's restaurant that after the game and get him free burgers. Oh, that's and dope. the burgers were they're called Big Juds. They're one pound patties. They're like this big. Like you'll have to look up a picture of a Big Jud burger. My they're no huge. Burgers. They're one pound patties, and then with all the toppings and stuff, it goes way above that. So that's it's like crazy. two pound burger. Mm. But yeah, I I would take him there after games. It was dope. That's why got to reward those guys. I mean, I, it's sure. cool that they can enjoy a teammate scoring a touchdown, you know, like, yeah, you got to have a different, a, a real different approach, bro. Like to, 
if you're taking pride in helping somebody else to get pretty much the acc- the accolades, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a, that's a it's a completely different thing. It's like um, if you was hooping, if you took pride in like setting the screen to get dude open, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. nobody gives you love. Like when when dude hit the shot, he get all the damn credit. But you yeah. just gotta know within you that without what you did, this never happens. You know what I'm saying? Like you and to take pride in that. You got to respect it. You feel what I'm saying? And do you think, I just thought about this. Do you think that kind of the problem with the receivers compared to maybe offensive linemen is you get put on an island and you get expected to make things. And so you're in your own world where you get almost self-centered because you're thinking about running your thing and getting the ball. I remember running out. It's so far from everybody else to the point where you leave the huddle first. Like, right, the quarterback's calling the play. He, He tell you what you're supposed to do first. You run out. You gone. You out here alone, it's you, a ref, and a dude, and probably a dude behind him. You know what I'm saying? And that's your game. And he talking crazy. These corners, you know how these corners is. And so you want to beat him. You know what I'm saying? But you so damn far away from the game. It can definitely get, um, it can kind of shift your mindset to where a lot of receivers come off as, as divas. And you develop that diva mentality. And you're so dependent it sucks because you're so dependent on everybody else, right? If my dude Bingo OSU can't hold his block, right? If the quarterback can't make the read and the throw, it's like I need so much other stuff to go right that it. I think it leads to a lot of receivers kind of throwing those fits that that we've seen them throw in the past because you need so many other people to do their job in order for you to be able to do yours. And it's just yeah. a tough situation to be in. And you could do your, your job perfect as a receiver. You could be great. But if everybody else ain't doing their job and the ball ain't coming to you, it's not going to matter. And that's tough. It's tough. It's really tough when you get open and you know you're open and the quarterback that's just doesn't worst. find you. It's, Especially when oh. it's a touchdown. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's the worst. I was Because there's a question coming up we're going to talk about in the Q&A, but it made me think of a bad football memory. And I was running a slant route in like our last game of the season on JV my sophomore year and I ran across the middle and as the quarterback threw it, it was a terrible pass, but it was one of those passes where, you know, the, the DB hits you. It's like a bad pass. Cause it makes the DB have to play it a certain way. So you might get uh PI. You might get PI. Yeah. He hit me before the ball got there. So I was like, Oh, perfect. It was like fourth and 10. going to get a PI, no PI call. Damn. I was, I was so mad. Me and the, my head coach was in the ref's face for like, like a good 40. Like he got so many flags. <laughs> he got like thrown out of the game. It was like one of those kind of moments. And it was JV. You know what Damn. I mean? It doesn't even matter. But at the time, it really mattered. Other than that, you want to just roll into the Q&As? Yeah. Let's jump into the first one. It is from cool. Francisco Anaya. You know? He says, what's your guys' best sports memory? Like hitting a game-winning shot in basketball or scoring the game-winning touchdown of a football game? And I will let you go first, sir. Best sports memory. What you got? Okay. I believe that I've told it before briefly, but when I got to college, you know, I enter and into this whole new world. I in in Idaho in high school track, I was a big fish in a small pond mm-hmm. where I go to meets and people are looking at me like, oh, that's that guy. That's that fast dude. Cause I would win I was like the fastest dude in the state that year. Yeah. In the hundred. You get to college, it's a whole different world. Everyone's fast. You line up, I line up in races. I'm getting six out of out of eight, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not even running slow. Like, I'm running fast. 
Yeah. It's just these dudes are different cats. You know what I mean? And anyway, so this whole first season builds up and it gets to the indoor conference championships. How track works is you do a bunch of meets during the season and try to get certain qualifying times to be able to have this one big meet where everything happens. It's equivalent of playing conference games to be able to qualify for the conference championship. And then that's where everything matters. Nothing else matters other than that conference championship game. Nothing else before that. So we get to the conference championships. The thing is, I didn't even qualify because I didn't do good enough. But there's this thing called a wild card where the coach puts you into the meet. Like they get like two wild cards per, per team where it's like, okay, you didn't qualify, but we'll put you in because you might be able to do something. You just haven't had the opportunities or maybe you've been hurt or whatever. So I got wild carded into the 60 meter dash. So there's like 24 dudes at this meet and I'm ranked like 24th out of 24. Like I'm just, all these dudes are running the, the time the time that like they're running sub seven seconds and my time was over seven seconds. Like it, I mean, it's like you come down to hundreds of seconds, but it's a big difference in a 60 meter dash. Right. Anyways, day one, I, I roll my ankle in warmups and I'm like, I'm done. There's no way. But I get over to this, uh, get over the table, like 15 minutes before you go to the, like the PT table. And there's this guy, his name's Dr. G. And he's like this mystical, like, He's an Indian dude, and he's like this, like, almost like magical, like kind of aura about him. Mm-hmm. And he like basically helps you like fix your mindset. So I go over to him and I'm like, I tell him I I don't know if I can run stuff. And he just like he just shrugs that off and he does all these crazy things where he's like helping me warm up my body and he gets me super pumped. And so I'm like, he gets for like ten minutes. He's like pumping me up, and I get on the track and I feel like I'm faster than I've ever been. And I go into my race that I'm seated to get like eighth out of eight in, and I win the race. <laughs> That is insane. <laughs> and it's a prelim. And so then I make it to the, to the finals the next day. And I, I, I'm I, just happy to be there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just happy to be in this final. Yeah. And I'm seated like seventh out of eight or sixth out of eight or something. And we're getting ready for the race. And it's, it's indoor. So the whole arena, it's like loud, dude. It's loud. But right before the race, everyone goes silent. And it's it's like 40 seconds of dead quiet. You could hear like birds outside. It's so quiet. Yeah. And we get in the blocks and go. And for the first like 30 meters of the race in a 60 meter race, I was almost in dead last, but I turned it on at the end. Cause I got so much turnover out of my, my start. I ended up getting to the finish line and getting second. And when my time popped up on the board and it said, I got second, I was so shocked that I was like screaming and jumping up and down. Like my whole track team, my coach was crying. She came up to me <laughs> after and she was crying because she could not believe it. <laughs> it was so unbelievable. So yeah, wild. that was that's my best sports memory. It was That's my dope, biggest bro. pop-off moment for sure. That's so dope. Uh, man, I got a few, but like I guess the one that popped in my mind, probably because he said uh, the way he opened up the question, uh, but <laughs> come from basketball, my senior year, right? So I don't remember who we played, but here's what I do remember. I had a chick in college. I had a chick at our school. I had a chick at our Rival school. They all came to the game. The gym was <laughs> packed, right? But I was able to spot them. Like, I saw where they were sitting there in the crowds and stuff like that. I'm like, okay. I'm warming up. I'm showing off. Like, I'm a quiet dude, Um, but I'm, I'm a three performer. Girls. Well, yeah. Dude, you know, this is long, okay. long, 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 long time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> long time ago, right? Um, But I'm a performer, though. You know what I'm saying? You put me on the stage in front of a camera or on a court or a field in front of a lot of people. And I, I turn on, you know, I'm yeah. super comfortable there for some reason, you know, 
But so anyway, I'm warming up and I'm mad because the um, our conference, like a basketball conference, had just introduced a new ball that we had to play with. I'm warming up and this ball is slippery as hell. Like I can't, I'm like, I'm finna be so trash in this game. Like I can't even hold this damn ball. You know what I'm saying? Bro, they tipped the game off. The first time I touch it, the ball like low key slipped out of my hand and I like panic shoot it. Three, money. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We come back down. Money. Boom. I'm hot all game, bro. I think I hit like five or six trays and I ended up dropping um, 28 points in three quarters. I didn't play in the fourth, and like as we was coming down in the in the third quarter at the buzzer, we was blowing this team out. So I knew coaches were gonna take me out. I'm running down, and the point guard he coming down, he's dribbling. I'm screaming, ah, Dodo, get ball! He finally swing it at the last second. Like it took him so long to swing it, the defense then came over. Now it's like two dudes in my face. I catch the ball, bro, at the buzzer, shoot the fadeaway, falling out of bounds. I slide into my bench. I, so I can't see. I'm looking like around the dude. Cash. You know what I'm saying? Straight in. It was 28 points. And um, it was almost 30 in three quarters. And oh coach would not let me play in the fourth quarter. All I needed was two damn points to, to drop my 30. But either way, I had I showed out. Um, I stayed in the locker room hella long because I didn't want to have to try to deal with now, the situation that was going on there slid on out of the back. And, but, like, that was just a fire night, bro, because, like, I went crazy. And it was one of those nights where I could not buy a shot in warm-ups to the point where I thought I was going to have the worst game of my life and ended up having one of the best games. So, <laughs> What size were you then? Size? probably yeah. I was 6'2", probably about 210. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's yeah. the game that if there was, like, some college scout there, you would have played basketball in college man like i had college scouts coming after well, like juco scouts coming after that yeah. but i was so like arrogant that i like shrivel my nose up at like juco yeah <laughs> juco you see my gpa bro like going to oh, damn juco like i really understand you know what i'm saying i could have yeah. went to juco and then got to a bigger school but Dude, i went crazy in that game bro that is so <laughs> that's so awesome yeah yeah i never had a moment like that in basketball but yeah, because I've seen you play basketball and it's like with your size and your ability to shoot and then move, it's like, yeah. I could have seen you play college basketball too. Like yeah, you say receiver, I'm like, man, the athleticism of a receiver at your size and then your shot, it's like, wow. Yeah. It's really yeah. impressive. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. So the one I have is BK Reacts. And he said for the Q&A, what is the most famous NFL player you've ever met? Man. Okay. I, I've met, like when you say met, it only you have to like have like shook their hand and had a conversation with them, right? Yeah. I haven't met very many, bro. Matter of fact, the only NFL players I have met, like, not I'm not counting social media, but like actually met. Yeah. Would be uh, my boy. He is not famous at all, but he's like the mo the one I know the best. Um, the one Smoot. He's the D lineman for the Jags. That's my dude. Um, then there's, I met D'Anthony Thomas and that's dope. And Takia, Takia Spike. That's it. Them yeah. Yeah. Those two. What about you? Well, dude, for the most part, I've had like hardly like no contact with any big time players. Like I've never ran into anybody or been at events or anything. I guess you remember Jake Plummer? Yeah. So he was, he went to my rival high school. So he had a 
a camp where it's like he was there. So we met him. Okay. So, so that was cool. But this is, this is my ultimate story. Okay. So my favorite player growing up was the Danian Tomlinson. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, he was like in his prime when I was like 11, 12. So it's like perfect. It's like that peak time when you like, just like look up to football players. And yeah. when he LT was the best, the, eh, the ball. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the face mask. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So I come home and like, I'm like 19. It's like my first year back from, from college. And I see there's like a flyer somewhere that says like, Oh, Ladanian Tomlinson kids camp at Mountain View high school. And on this day, and it's like, it's the next day. And I'm like, (laughs) what? Like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, Ladanian Tomlinson's coming to Idaho. What kind what is going on? This doesn't make any sense. It's like a camp for like eight year olds. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a kid's camp for eight year olds. And the whole time I debate for like the next 12 hours, I'm like, should I go? If I go, it doesn't make any sense. Cause I'm like a 19 year old kid. I don't have any ties to this. I'm just going to be awkwardly standing there. Yeah. And I went back and forth. Finally, I was like, screw it. I'm going. Cause I'm never going to get this opportunity to meet my favorite player. So I go. And of course it's like a handful of parents and kids and I drive up and I'm so nervous because I just like, don't do well in those situations. <laughs> so I see him FaceTime and someone, he's about 20 feet from me. And I'm, I can't even like get out of my car. I'm like freaking out so much. Anyways, I wait out this camp and it's like two hours long. And I sit, I'm just like walking around, like being a weirdo. Like people are like, who is this guy? <laughs> I'm just like walking around. And then they do like the kids take photos with LaDainian Tomlinson after. Yeah. And, and of course I'm like, you see, it's like, imagine the camera's paying. It's like eight year old, eight year old. And then you see me like clapping, like, yeah. Pushes some little dude up. Yeah. <laughs> so I jumped in there really quick. I cut a kid off to get the photo. <laughs> And of course I go oh, up to him man. and I hand my photo to the lady and it's like this old lady that doesn't know how to use cell phones. So she's like, I, I can't get it off my face. Uh, something's wrong. And, uh, me and LT had enough time to, we had like a 30 second conversation, oh, but nice. we're sitting there with like our arms around each other and he's got super sweaty back and I'm just like sitting there and it's like weird. And it's like, <laughs> I'm the only non kid that's doing this photo. And of course it's lasting like a minute of like yeah. all the people like, who is this guy? That is hilarious. So get this photo. And I was so excited. Originally I had locked my keys in my truck. So I walk up to my truck and it's locked. So I can't even get my truck. Layered, man. Yeah. So I get over to my truck and every car has left this. It's been like 30 minutes and I can't get in my car. So I had to call my dad to come pick me up. And in the meantime, the only car left is the uh, LT and his, his crew's SUV and my truck. And they're and like, he's looking so, out of the window, yeah, like, this yeah, so is stalking they, the hell out of me, <laughs> They slowly drive by and they're all looking at me as they're slowly leaving the parking lot. <laughs> like, what is this guy doing? I'm just sitting next to my car door, just like sitting there. Yeah. And they're the only ones left in the parking lot. I don't know what they were thinking, but they're like, this, there's some, like, I think if he saw me to this day, he'd be like, hey, that's that kid. That weird kid. That <laughs> weird, that one weird kid. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. And so, you yeah. saying that made me think, man. When you saying camp, I met Steve McNair when I was a small kid mm. at a camp. Cause you know, my house, he went to school at Alcorn State University, which is two yeah. minutes from my house. I grew up on that campus. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like I, every time crazy. I go home, we play basketball on that campus. We used to walk there every day. What year so, were you born? In 88. So you would have been a kid when he was there. Yeah, I was a, I was like a super small kid when he played there. This was after he went pro, though. He came back okay. and did a camp. You know, it was the Air McNair camp. It was, it was crazy. You know what I'm saying? But um, so I had that, and I also met. You remember Michael Clayton? Yeah, receiver. He played at LSU and he played for Tampa Bay. Yes, that's I my brother-in-law's cousin. Wow. So he actually was at my sister's wedding. 
Um, he had the oh, ring wow. and everything. He was showing off. You know what I'm saying? So I met him, and I had an encounter. I didn't technically meet him, but this was just funny. I had an encounter with Jamarcus Russell, bro. I think we were in New Orleans. Um, this was when he was playing for the Raiders, that first year that he got drafted. Oh right? Me and my boy was outside a Waffle House, I think. And we was these we was talking to these girls. You know, we entertaining them trying to move this situation along. Somebody pull up in a fire ass car, rims, loud music, get out, jewelry, super shiny. All the chicks just migrate. They they gone. Like we just over here by ourselves looking stupid now. It's Jamarcus Russell on a Saturday night. And I'm pretty damn sure he had a game the next day. But he came and took all the chicks and was out of there. You know what I'm saying? So that is it unbelievable. Was a funny situation. I was like, bro, Jamarcus Russell just blocked so hard. You know what I'm saying? But dude, it's, that's it's funny, so funny thing. I had almost forgotten about that, bro. But you bringing that up made me think about it. Yeah, that, that's so funny. That, it like recalls those memories after you just hear yeah. a few things. Yeah, that is wild, wild man. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I told that story at the end of my What Happened to Jamarcus Russell video I made 50 years ago. That's funny. That's a per that's a perfect story. <laughs> All right, what we got next? The sports memory we did. That we got. Colin, you have that question? Okay. Colin Wise, man. What up, Colin? Appreciate the question. He asks, do you think jersey numbers impact your game or have a significance to you? I I always associated numbers like so 28 as a running back was like a special number. 21 as a running back was a special number. Yes, 21 is a special record. Uh 20 was also a number that I cared about a lot. But for me, I never had crazy significance to numbers other than high respect for the players in my position at the professional level or college. So I wore number 20 and I was like, oh, Barry Sanders. And it's like that I associated, I was like, oh yeah, I'm like Barry Sanders. That's yeah. the way I thought. Yeah. And then in high school, I chose number six because at the time the Anthony Thomas was at Oregon. And uh. I, I kind of modeled, cause he was so fast and how he was just so much more explosive than everyone. Mm -hmm. That's how I wanted to play my game. So I, I chose number six when I got to high school because of that. Dope, dope. Yeah, to me, they, they definitely have a significance, and it's weird almost. It's like, I remember when I was in high school, so if I'm looking at high school and college players, it's not the NFL, but high school and college players, if you was a receiver and you had a single-digit number, you was clearly the coldest player on your team. Like, in my mind, like, because they give the 80s, because when I first came, I showed up, they threw me <laughs> Here's an 89. Like, have fun with that. And then by the time I started coming up, you know, I moved, I got number two. And like to get number two, that's a highly coveted number. Like everybody's just seemed to want that number. You know what I'm saying? And all them single digits. And obviously it's only what, eight of them? Like, you know what I'm saying? Nine of whatever. So I, I definitely think they have a significance, man. If you a DB and you got on number 21, you clearly yeah. a dog. Like, I mean. If not, why did your teammates let you get that number? Like, and then another thing I've noticed, like if you're a DB, and this is this is really mean. I'm not even gonna lie, but I have noticed this year specifically, DBs with number 38 getting absolutely destroyed in the league. Like our number 38, Lashawn Sims. The Ravens have a guy number 38. I see him make so many mistakes. So it's like, <laughs> actually, I do. I think those numbers can creep into your subconscious and make you play a certain way. And it also just shows that 
you know, you having a specific number, it shows that you grew up probably modeling your game after some other yeah. player. You know what I'm saying? And like the popular numbers, if you're a DB, like if you're somewhere in the 20s, you good. But like 21 yeah. is just different, bro. It's just a different number. If you're a receiver in the league now and you got one of them teen numbers, it's just different. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I think it's definitely a, a significance to it, bro. Even answering that made me think about something real quick. Uh, T. Higgins wearing number 85. That is interesting. Um, yeah. Ocho Cinco. And, like, when I see him playing sometime, bro, he literally looked like Chad. He was only compared to A.J. Green coming out. But, like, just the fact that he got number 85 is, like, a certain energy that that number carried when you played for Cincinnati and the same thing with the Cowboys and number 88. You know what I'm saying? So – for sure. Numbers definitely have a significance. I think they go a long I, way. You made me think really about do. just how, not just like how good or bad you are, but 20s always represented speed to me. 30s always represented power yep. and hard hitting and 40s yep. as well. So whenever I see a DB that's like number yep. 31, I'm like, oh, he hits hard kind of thing. Yeah. He's going to knock you. Like, you yeah, see, he's, that's because John Lynch was like number 40. Yeah, probably. He was probably the first DB I remember that was like famous, like I, that I knew of that wore in the 40s, and he would knock you. <laughs> he was knocking cats out, you know what I'm saying? So, you yeah, know what was, I kind of liked right. when the premier college defensive end would have a single digit number because it was like, oh, oh 99, you know, 96. They were like badass numbers for D linemen, but you had like, you know. Yeah. Number seven. Yeah, if you snatched up. Clowny, you number had, seven. If you had there with number seven, um, that, that means you're the guy. You're finna hit the running back in the backfield. He's going to fumble it. You're going to yeah. palm that thing and take it to the creek. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. Numbers definitely have a significance. With that being said, you can't allow it. Like, if you're a young player, especially, you can't allow You can't go in the tank, bro. Like, we used to go in the tank over anything. Oh, I ain't get the number I wanted. Yeah. I'm in the tank. Like, coaches don't like me. You know what I'm saying? You can't. You yeah. got to go earn it. You got to earn the number that you want. I totally you know agree. Um, Normal Noob 99. It says, what is your best advice for young athletes? That is an incredibly broad yeah. question. And so it's kind of hard because it, it honestly would depend on the athlete, right? I know young athletes. Like, my nephew he he a basketball player. He take it so serious. Like he in the gym going crazy. Like my advice to him would be, oh yo, man, keep doing what you're doing, but be a kid though. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't I don't want you to obsess over this too much. And then some kids, they don't take it serious at all. They got all the talent in the world, but you know, all they want to do is run the street. So it's just it really depends. Like <clears throat> I guess it would, I don't have like overarching advice for a young athlete. Here's what I can say. Here's what I'll say. Watch the game and watch it, like use all of the um, the resources that you have yeah. at your exposure. So now you got all these YouTube videos. If you play football, bro, YouTube videos breaking down film and it's entertaining. Because I used to go to the football meetings and Cass was falling asleep because the coach bored in his head and he ain't really, you know what I'm saying? But like you can go and watch the Brett Coleman's video is a cinematic and it's breaking down film. Um, QB school with JT O'Sullivan is real good. You know, the NFL Films Presents YouTube channel got a real good one with uh, Baldinger and 
sometimes Kurt Warner is on there. It's, it's usually it's two different people, and then they have an NFL actual player, and they breaking down his film and going through his best plays and his worst plays. You learn so much, bro. I've picked up so much stuff that I can't really use now. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can't really put it into practice, but it's just super interesting, so I still watch it. But So that would be my advice. Take advantage of all of that stuff. Go to YouTube, learn techniques, learn all of this information that's there, and go and practice it and incorporate it into your game and start doing it early. That way, when you go to college, and we, even when you go to high school, you go to college, you'll be a couple of steps ahead of everybody else. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that'll, that'll Honestly, I think that's – I don't really have much to add to the athletic aspect of it. I, I think I want to gear more of my answer towards, like, potential parents or parents right now who have kids coming up. And mm. it's just because I'm trying to – I want to do this when I have kids, but not be – like living vicariously through them and like forcing them to do certain things. I think yes, I, I have noticed that more in my life. Not, not me, but I mean a little bit of me, but mostly just like a lot of people around me, they were so obsessed with their kids, uh, like making them do certain things, like getting them into certain programs that they couldn't even enjoy the process. It wasn't their thing. It was just kind of their parents thing that they were like, yeah, you got to do this. And then they were like overbearing. And I think, I think it's really important yeah. to let the kid, if, if he just wants to go out and have fun and enjoy it, then don't make them try to pursue it to the highest level. Or if they yeah. want to push themselves, then, yeah. you know, do what it takes to like make them like you be on their ass if, they, if that's what they want. But there's so many people who don't get, they yeah. don't pay attention to that. And they just try to make their kid the next, because they see these athletes making big money or whatever like i need my kid's gonna do that because i got screwed over in high school yeah. and so i'm gonna be on my kid's ass like i just think that's yeah. bad and man it's i can speak to this because i i have a kid he's four now big athletic dude you know and i'm a, his dad runs a football youtube channel so people ask me about this all the time and i'm just like you gonna you gonna oh you gonna you gonna put him out there you gonna i ain't go if he want to get out there you feel me but if he don't like i'm not it's so many things in life that my son can do to that I'll be proud of. I really just want him to do, um, you know, honestly, what make him happy. Find something productive and go all in on that, whether that's sports or whether it's not sports. You feel what I'm saying? But it's something that I thought about a lot because if you look at people like, like in circles I'm in, they'll talk about like, people be talking about Joe Jackson, you know, Michael Jackson, them dad. But but look what he did. He made all of them successful. He raised them. He, he did. But like, bro, they was mentally that wasn't where they wanted to be. Look at Todd Marinovich. Yeah, you feel what I'm saying? Like his dad put him in a program from day one. He had that boy lifting his bottle when he was two. You know what I'm saying? And he was a dog physically, but mentally he was a mess, and he was unsuccessful yeah. as an adult because of it. So you just really gotta find that balance. Like if your kid always want to be on the field, if he always want to be working out, and that's just something he's drawn to. Great. Expose him to it. If he if he gravitate to it, that's what's up. But if he gravitate toward, like, imagine all the kid, all the parents that was telling their kids, you ain't never gonna be nothing playing these video games for seven hours a day, to ninja. And now, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, what is he passionate about, bro? You just gotta whatever that is, you gotta let him go in that direction. But just. And you want to put the same principles in them. You feel me? Put the same work hard at it. You want to try to be the best at it. You want to do, you know, X, Y, Z. The same principles, whether he choose football, basketball, or if you want to be a damn 
I don't know, a scientist, a goddamn astronaut, whatever he want to do, like, or she want to do, push them in that direction and make sure they understand, like, how to put the work in and, and they'll win like that versus you trying to manufacture the next, <laughs> like, the next LeBron. Like, you can't. It just don't work like that, bro. It just really don't. All right, so next question. We have my boy Spoosh Lagoosh. He asks, as a high schooler coming out of his first season yeah. ever, okay, of his first season ever of cross country and going into his first offseason preparing for spring track, what tips, KTO, do you have for his offseason? So, again, he's a high schooler. He's coming out of his first season ever of cross country. He's going into his first season of spring track, and he want to know what he needs to do to get ready. Okay. And he's asking a man who ran track in college. So it's November and you're talking about spring track and preparing. The The most important thing is to not burn yourself out because if it's your first season, if you're very passionate about it, then you can continue to pursue it. But a lot of people, they upset like me. I, I obsess over things and I burn myself out easy. And then you, you're not able to push yourself at the level that you need to, to be able to be successful. And another another side of that is you don't want to be pushing yourself right now like you, you're running at state right now. So you need to just prepare your body in a way where you're keeping general fitness while also strengthening all the areas that are injury, like, like, like that could get injured, I guess. So like shin stuff, like yeah. look up. Look up shin exercises, look up ankle exercises, look up hamstring exercises and do that kind of stuff in the meantime and be running, but don't be doing like do whatever. If you have a coach, he's probably going to suggest going on like long runs or whatever, because I don't really know distance. But the most important part is general fitness to keep yourself in somewhat of, of decent shape while also doing the like the rehab almost like exercises to be able to help yourself because if you're not strengthening those areas and you're coming off your first season that means you haven't been running a, a bunch in your life so it's one season if you're going to try to be running a lot this whole year like a year long of running you better prepare your body properly or else it's going to break down on you in march april and every kid doesn't get it they're just like oh i thought i was doing everything right it's like no you got to do the stuff right now right and not overly push yourself like right now is going to be the make or break the make or break right now is just taking care of yourself properly so that's the best advice general advice oliver unger asks Unga. where do you guys see each other's teams in five years that is a tough <laughs> okay, question you so you want yeah. me to so i gotta do the browns then okay damn because okay i could see it going like good, and I can see it going bad. Five years you feel what I'm saying? I guess I'll give both. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so okay. Best case scenario. Here's the best case scenario, in my opinion. Um, y'all make the playoffs this year and either get a win or have a a good showing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then Baker completely buys in to the offense that y'all are running. You get Odell back, he stays and he's healthy and he's completely good with being, uh, you know, the boom, kind of boomer bust guy to go along with y'all smash mouth offense. And I could see y'all getting, like, if y'all follow that, keep drafting, keep doing everything that you're doing and just the personalities just work because I like y'all coach and I like the direction y'all heading. I like what y'all building. In the next five years, if everything goes great and perfect, I think I could get to a Super Bowl. Like I could see it. 
it could happen. It could. You feel me? Y'all have, in my opinion, you have the talent, not to do it this year, but like you, the base that y'all got, bro, the formula that y'all have right now pretty much forbids you from losing the bad teams. Like you can't lose the bad teams yeah. with the way y'all play. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing. Now you got to figure out how to beat the good teams on a little bit more of a consistent basis. But if things keep trending up, next five years, I can see that happening. Now, worst case scenario, in the next five years, y'all will decide that Baker is not it. You will move on from him and then proceed to miss at the quarterback position over and I like the over other one. <laughs> and over. And, you know, basically just be a mediocre team. Because right now the talent y'all have, y'all not going to be nearly as bad as you once were. Like the 0-16 days is over. But y'all would just be a mediocre team, you know, going about 8-8 eight and eight for the next five years. You know, so those are the two ways I could see it. Going. Okay. For the Bengals, I think it's very unpredictable. I think it's incredibly unpredictable other than the one thing that we kind of know at this point. So five years yeah. from now... Joe Burrow is going to be on a mega contract. I think that's kind of, uh, it's, it's yeah. heading that way. Some crack 300 million, yeah. who knows? It's going to be some wild contract, uh, almost Matt Stafford. Like it'll be team friendly. And though. I think, it'll I think, I, I don't know, obviously best case scenario, you get the pieces around them and then worst case scenario, you don't. My, my thinking is that the roster is going to look a lot different. I also think it's going to be a different coach. Yeah. But I think that Joe Burrow is going to be a top top five quarterback in the NFL. But mm, I could see you guys uh, being yeah. still at that kind of like bubble team that never kind of gets like Joe yeah. Burrow plays. In, he's like MVP level, like Stafford in the early days. And you get a couple weapons around him and he balls out 5,000 passing yards. But you guys are that eight and eight, nine and seven team that's like. You can't figure out things like the coaching staff's a revolving door. And the one thing that's always saving you is Burrow keeps pulling these crazy wins. And then we slide into the playoffs as a wild card and go on a stupid <laughs> run. Just yeah, like the and Giants then you put the Browns the in the AFC Championship yes. and lose. No. And then you get rid of your coach again. I don't know. I really think it's unpredictable. <laughs> I just I, I think that Joe Burrow's going to get it. Bro. It's you you got to put pieces around him because I think he's the guy. We'll see, man. I don't yeah. know. It's tough. We'll see. We'll see. It's fun to think about, though. It's fun to think about. Maybe we'll revisit this in five years and and see how close or how far cool. off we were. All right, man. Fred George with the next one. He says, let's say you guys never met. Do you feel you would have as much knowledge, experience, and overall... Knowledge. He said knowledge twice. <laughs> yeah, he said knowledge twice. He says, as much knowledge, experience, and overall better knowledge okay. of the game. If so, why? And if you don't mind, also explain how much of an impact you guys have given to each other. Like the second part of that question is probably yeah. more applicable because like we don't talk like X's and O's. Like we don't never call each other like, yo, man, the play all ran on the, you know what I'm saying? Like what you should have did if you'd have put the man in motion, he would have we really don't talk about like those things, yeah. honestly. But um, so we'll just answer the second part of the question. I'm going to read it again and we'll let you go. He says, explain how much of an impact you guys have given to each other. Okay. Boom. I think there's a lot to that, probably more than I'm thinking of right now. The first thing I'm thinking about yeah. is obviously our connection to what we do and just understanding that someone else goes through the same sort of mental hurdles 
and anxiety and stress and all the same types of things, which makes it easier to be able to do knowing that like when you upload, I know what's kind of going through your mind. Like, oh, Funlow uploaded 20 minutes ago. I kind of know where your mentality is. And because of that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it allows me to feel like less alone in like that kind of like you upload and you just are in this like free falling state of emotion for a little bit that you can't escape. Yeah. And, and it's like, it doesn't matter how you're built. Once you, when you go from uploading and no one views it to all of a sudden time passes and you upload it and there's tens of thousands instantly seeing it and hundreds of comments and it just changes. Like, it's just weird. And so that's, that's the main yeah. sort of thing. And then also from a motivational aspect, you know, originally I had more subs than you, you have more subs than me now. And the competitive side of me is kind of like, it makes me want to almost just in that, like competing mindset, like not trying to prove I'm better than you, but just kind of like almost keeping with the pace almost like this, you set this pace of like how often you upload and everything. So it's a motivational factor for me to not get left behind, you know? Yeah. Kind of, kind of the same, bro. Like from a therapeutic and I guess that's a, a, a plug. Let me just sports therapy podcast. Thank you for watching. But uh, from a therapeutic standpoint, bro, it has really gone a long way for me because I've tried to have these conversations with like people in my life whom I care about dearly and um, who try to they try to go on that level with me, but they just can't. Like you can't really understand it unless you do it. And it puts you, like, we've talked about this before, so I don't want to go too deep into it again. But it puts you on this island, bro. And it's uh, it's, it's a bad place to be because anybody you talk to, if you try to talk about, like, YouTube problems and you have a successful YouTube channel, it's going to come across as, like, whiny or obnoxious because yeah. they're going punch a clock every day and you're probably making a little bit more than them and they see your job as glamorous or as, hey, you just sit around and, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And obviously it's not like that. So to be able to talk to somebody else who has the same experiences, it it allows you to know that first and foremost, you ain't crazy. You feel me? Like it ain't just me that feel like this. This is pretty much a universal thing. And then it's funny you say that like with the whole competitive side of it. Yeah, that is a part of it for sure. Like it's a part of it because it's like, you know, that's my boy. But I check all y'all stuff and see, okay, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. If it's not going as good as I think it should be going, like I'd be like, oh, that's some bullshit. Like you know what I'm saying? Why they not like what's going on? Like it should be this should be popping off. This video should have did better. Or if it does really good, I'm like, man, what did he do here? Let me go and check this out. And then I pick up things. I'm like, man, he's really good at titling or he's really good at tying this stuff in and that stuff has made me so much better like just over the years of doing youtube like the first time i watched one of your videos and like after i started doing it i'm saying like i kind of went back to your vids it's like it's certain little things that i pick up and i'm like oh, i could be so much better at this it started making you feel inadequate in certain level certain um areas and so what you do you don't cry you go and get better in those areas yeah and over time it make a huge difference in like the product that you putting out. So it really just, it raise you up in that way. You know what I'm saying? And then also bro, like you the only like YouTube, like for, I got YouTube cast. I'm cool with like, I'm cool with tree. I'm cool with five. Um, I don't talk to them nearly as much though. You feel yeah. me? Like we didn't met up multiple times in person and just kind of kicked it. You know what I'm saying? And so it kind of opened my world up a bit. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm from the South. I'm black. Um, like we're so damn different. So being able to talk to you and seeing how many similarities we actually have yeah. is, you know, it's an eye-opening thing. You know what I'm saying? And it's made me more understanding, I feel like, more accepting. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I'm probably already pretty empathetic, but even more so, you know, and just give me a, a broader understanding, I feel like, of <laughs> the world. You feel what I'm saying? And so it's a it's a pretty big deal if it seems like a small thing, but I think uh us just kind of having like the relationship we got, I, I legitimately, this shit sound crazy in my head, but I'm just going to say it out loud anyway. It's, I think it's made me a better human, bro. Like legit. Like I really think it has. So there it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I appreciate you saying that. I feel very similar. I, yeah. It's, it's just cool to hear you say those things because knowing what we've talked about in the past and how our friendship kind of developed and getting yeah. to know each other, it was weird because it wasn't hard. It wasn't it like, wasn't a, That's crazy. like the, there's like aspects of it maybe that like there's cultural differences or like you can say certain things or I can say certain things that it's like we don't quite understand because where we come from. But when we get on like this string of talking about certain things, it's like it's not even it's not even difficult. And I we're both introverts. So you get me in a room with someone who I don't connect with and try to talk to them. It's like it's a <laughs> it's struggle. It, I struggle with that. Yeah. So the fact that it was like I I could fly out like the first time I met you flew out to a state I've never been to in a culture that I'm not familiar with and we yeah. just kind of hit it off and it was just easy despite yeah. a lot of differences and like you're older than me yeah. just just being you know everything it's just crazy so it it's crazy, cool bro. and I have a high respect for like you say you watch my videos and see things you want to work on I'll click on your videos and you you know you're a lot more like it feels like you're yourself. You're also comfortable in front of the camera. And those are the things I notice instantly because I know that those are things that like I'm insecure about because I don't do those as well. So it is interesting to see like the, I, I respect those things because I want to get better at those things. And then it just makes me like almost admire your channel because it's different. Yeah. Like we have different things going on, yeah. but there's so much similar there that it's like a lot of people who watch my channel, watch yours and vice versa. Yeah. It's, it's just really cool. It's just it one of those dope, parts man. of it that makes it like makes me want to keep doing it as opposed to kind of being like, oh, what's next? You know, for sure. That that camaraderie, man. I won't stay here for too too long, but it just it kind of remind me of like, uh, and everybody watching this could probably relate on some level, like that partner you had where maybe y'all used to lift weights together or maybe y'all ran together or whatever, and y'all was always like, you know, y'all push each other. You know what I'm saying? You wanted to keep up with him and he was better at certain things. And you might not have told him, like when y'all going hoop, he was he'd be like, man, this motherfucker don't never miss. Like I gotta get my jumper better. And like I go in the backyard, cause my boy, like he, when we get the, you know what I'm saying? Every time we go shoot, he beat me every time. I'm still talking crazy, telling him he got lucky. But in my head, I'm like, bro, this motherfucker cold. And if I wanna compete, I gotta get better. You know what I'm saying? And like, when you put yourself in those situations, you're gonna keep getting better. Next time you go against him, he gonna be he gonna say the same thing. Like, damn, this motherfucker got better. Then he gonna go get better. And y'all gonna keep elevating because of that. So it's just a good, it's a it's a good uh dynamic. That's the fucking word. See what I'm saying about this cat? You know what I'm <laughs> that's the word, bro. That's what I need. It's a good dynamic, bro. All right, let's move to the next one. What's next? All right. Um, Showtime Sports Media. I'll read it. 
So it says, do you think sports media, be it national or on social media platforms, including YouTube, have made fans lose context when talking about players past or present? Seems like all people do is talk or look at stats and don't and don't look at circumstances when discussing certain people. Okay. Yes. I want to start this off because I was really thinking about it. As I get older and the more I watch games, the less I care about stats, like the less I am paying attention to stats and like I am off like I don't get on Twitter at all now. Like I said, I saw getting on Twitter after games and stuff. It's like, I'm not even on there at all. And I'm not on Instagram. I'll watch the highlights on YouTube, but that's it. Like I'll just watch the highlights for my own sake, like my own entertainment, my own, like get it, get out, whatever I get out of it, you know? And it's weird because I used to care so much about stats because I was one of those guys. It's like, I'm looking at the box where I'm like, Oh, Chubb got 135 yards. Oh, that's it. Like that's the stuff I cared about. Yeah. Maybe it was due to my teams being bad. I don't know. But the the caring about stats thing is such a weird cultural phenomenon because I participated in it like wholeheartedly. But yeah, I mean, you have like pages posting constantly like the stats or the highlight, the one highlight when, you know, Odell has a great game, but maybe it wasn't because he caught an amazing pass. He had a, a crucial block or... Yeah. You know, he ran off the guy because it seemed, you know what I mean? It's just, there's so much more to the game than just that one crazy highlight or the stat line. But we get so fixated on, oh, Hopkins makes that amazing grab. That's why he's great. It's like, there's more to it than just that. Or, oh, you look at Chubb's stats yesterday and he's like, oh, he's so good. He had this, that's like, there's just more, there's just more to it. Like the nuances of the game, you can't really get out of stats. Maybe there's some advanced analytics that do kind of tell the story. But overall, when you watch the game, you can tell who's got it and who doesn't. And it's not based on stats. You can put in a practice squad running back behind a good old line and he could have a hundred yards and two touchdowns in an NFL game. For sure. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's possible. You know what I mean? There's just, that's my, that's my just kind of overall take on it. I do think that highlight reels, kind of over glorify certain guys. So we hold them to like, oh my gosh, he's so good because he makes these miraculous catches and he has an incredible highlight reel on YouTube. He's this, this girl, whatever. Yeah. It's just over hype. I think yeah. a lot of it's over hype and it just causes people to not really understand the game. I think, see, cause I think stats are important. I just don't think they're, that they can stand by themselves. Right. I think, to see somebody put up good stats, I immediately, especially if I don't know nothing about the player, okay, cool, let me go see how he did this. Let me see how he's performing here. So the stats can point you in the right direction. They just don't tell the whole story. And it's we live in a, in a world where I usually don't talk about this stuff because people assume you're – they just – they'll write it off as hating, right? I've been saying ever since Tannehill went to Tennessee that – I never thought Tannehill was a great quarterback. I was like, yo, he could fit in this in this offense. He runs it well, right? He's a but it's a run heavy offense. When they get in the playoffs, you they're gonna tell you what they think about him because he's gonna throw twelve passes. But cats pull up this. Look at this when he was in Miami. He threw for and I'd be like, yo, he did throw for these yards, but it's like, bro, those teams wasn't going nowhere. Like these are pretty much empty numbers. And it's not that he's not a good player. I'm just trying to. The way my brain works, I just want to put it in context. Like, I want to understand because I don't believe you could put him anywhere and he does great. But in this specific type of offense, 
it works perfectly. And that's really how it should be anyway, because the coach, if you went out and got this player, you should build your team around yeah. his skill set. In certain cats, though, it's just different. Like, you know, that nobody's gonna argue, like uh, a Mahomes and like these these top, these crazy level quarterbacks to where I don't care where you put him, he's gonna clearly be the best player yeah. on the field. So, you know. Stats don't always tell the they just don't tell the whole story, bro. And I feel like fantasy has has gone a very long way because there's a lot of really good players that people think are, are trash because they don't put up yeah. crazy numbers. And there's a lot of like not very good players who people think are great. Like uh, people thought people told me for years James Conner was just as good as Le'Veon Bell, and I, I used to be pissed off because it's it's stupid. And they'll bring me his stats, and I'm like, Are you watching the game? Like, just watch the game, bro. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you watch the game and you actually pay attention to what you're saying, I don't think it's that difficult to, to kind of figure it out. But, um, and that's not taking away nothing from a player who get in the situation and make the most of it as you should 100% of the time. But it's just, it's just differences, bro. And it's, uh, it's hard for me to break down. I do not talk about it online. This is stuff I only talk about like in one-on-one -on -one conversations where we can speak at length with people who know my intentions yeah. and know that I'm not trying to like disparage a player. I'm just trying to break it down. I like to understand stuff on as deep a level as I yeah. can possibly understand it. You know what I'm saying? I think so, if you take a player and I go, oh, what, what do you think about this player? Like, And your first thing is stats. It, I think it shows more about how much you don't know about that player as opposed to what you mm. do know. Cause like I, I'm a victim, mm. I was a victim of it. You asked me like how good Matt Stafford is. I'd probably tell you how many, you know, 4,000 yard passing season he, he has because I don't yeah. know. I, I can't articulate well enough what I see when I watch him play. And I think a lot of kids now younger than me are a victim of, of not watching as many games just because you're on social media and you see highlights often. So you don't need, like a lot of people don't even watch the games. You're just looking through the yeah. scores or something or seeing enough highlights on Instagram to keep you entertained that you don't actually have the attention span yeah. to just sit and watch a, a first down run for three yards and then an incomplete pass and then an incomplete pass. And then a punt. like, I think I grew up in a way where I could do that. Whereas like just, I'm not trying to call my, my brother, but he didn't really grow up like that. And so he doesn't really have the attention span to watch full games. And that's just how it is. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think that that's just how it is. And if you want to know the game more, you have to be able to develop the attention span yeah, to watch it. And if all you care about is like fantasy and having fun with your friends, then play fantasy. Have fun with your friends. I just wish people would be a little bit more self-aware though. Yeah. Right, because like I think it's cool to be any type of fan that you are, but just be a little bit more self-aware. If you a person who only watch highlights and look at stats, then at least be aware of that. So if we having a conversation and we like a little bit of a deeper level, and it's you haven't really watched the game, so you really can't speak to it. You feel what I'm saying? Like you can't even have an opinion because you didn't yeah. see the damn game. But like I'm gonna say okay. this and we can move. But some stats, bro, are like they can really tell a story. For instance. When Joe Burrow was in college, he had the most passing yards under pressure last year by a lot and the highest completion percentage. So people kept telling me that LSU had the greatest line of all time. And we came to the Bengals, he would not be able to function and was going to be basically just balling up in a pocket. And I'm like, bro, there is a stat for this. <laughs> like, like this, like, first off, you can watch him. 
You can watch him and you can see the pocket presence. Andy Dalton fans got pissed at me when, you know, he was still with us. And I'm like, he has no pocket presence, bro. He can't move in the pocket. He has no awareness in the pocket. And he makes the line look 50 times worse than they are. They suck, but he makes them look even worse. You know what I'm saying? He's like sliding into the sack as opposed to stepping up or stepping away from it and buying time like you've seen Jabiro do on countless occasions already through like yeah. nine games. And I could watch the game and I could see. I was on this all on Twitter. Joe Burrow pocket presence is different. I feel like he had the best pocket presence in the draft. And I saw the numbers that also supported that. So when that's what I'm saying. Like, don't tell the whole story, but I'm looking at him play. I feel like, bro, this man pocket presence is ridiculous. That he's got the athleticism to make that pocket presence matter. Because he can get out of there. You know what I'm saying? He ain't Lamar, but he can get out of there and, you know, keep his uh, shoulder turned off field and make a good throw. He can do that. Or extend a play. Then there's the stat that also tells you he has the highest completion percentage and the most yards while under pressure in college this year. So when you put those two things together, it gives you a pretty good indication that this is a player who is going to be at least decent playing under some duress yeah. on the next level. It don't guarantee nothing, but I'm saying it's like – you can't look at those two things and not be like, okay, he could play under pressure. You know what I'm saying? So we got two more questions. So I can do this, this from B1, I think. Yeah. B1. Uh, TB1. Maybe? Uh, anyway, uh, he asked, when do you know when it's time to start another channel and leave the channel you are not having success with? Uh, can you give us a time or mentality about that? I've posted over 700 plus videos. Some I've deleted with only 200 plus subs to my name. Does it mean that it's time to move on to bigger and better things? Any advice? Yeah, so the thing is, I don't know, I didn't check your channel, I don't know what kind of videos you do, but having 700 videos and only 200 subs, that's probably meaning that you're getting like 10 to 30 views or less of video, and you're probably uploading often. And if your goal is to try to to get into the recommended and get more views. And it's like, clearly it's not working. It's not working at all. But if, if this channel, it just depends on what your goal is. If, if your goal is to like try to make it, yes, you got to move on and do something different. Like this is not working. It's not working in the sense that, yeah, you're, you're not getting views from this. You're probably doing content that you, repetitive content. That's just either not original enough, or it's just like, it's too repetitive. If you do the same thing too often, if it's, unless it's really good, like for example, Flemlo does is what happened to videos and it's a catch thing. It's like, you know what you're getting from it because it's good. And it's just something that you know is going to be quality and it's the top of the line in the field that we're in. But if you're trying to, let's say you're doing what happened to titles and every video gets 200 views, then it's not working. It's not working. It's time to move on. I'm not trying to be harsh, but it's like, you just have to be able to look at your channel and yourself in the mirror and go like, is this channel supposed to be just like a thing you upload to and it doesn't matter? Or is it like I, I, for my channel, I've mentioned it. I had like 27 subs or, or 25 subs on a channel with like a hundred videos that had gone over three years that I was doing dynasty videos and stuff. And it's just like, it wasn't original enough. And it, I never had video over 2000 views. I don't think. And it's just like, if I'm trying to make it, that's not the way that it's not going to work. Flemlo did something original with, and I, I, even though I'm, I'm pretending I'm like not talking to you, but you did 
your NCAA stuff and you kind of put a twist on it and it worked. So you kept going with it. But you also realized that it wasn't going to produce big numbers ever. Like you were never going to have a video pop off. That's just the nature of the content you were doing. So if that's the kind of content you're going for, then it's like you're already limited. And yeah, you just have to, you have to think of something. If you want, really want to make it, you have to find something original and and go with that and make it good. If you're just like going to make gaming content or quick video content, like highlights and just throw them out there, it's going to be very hard to make it low. It's just, that's how it is. The way you've done it can be done, but here's the mistake you've made. And I haven't looked at your content, but I, I know you've made this mistake just based on the fact that you say you've done 700 videos. First and foremost, it's like a very long time to do 700 videos. So you have to ask yourself, are, are you really putting like real work into these videos or are you jumping on the mic without really thinking about your topic beforehand and just kind of off the top of the head doing something with a bunch of uhs and mmms and you know I mean a lot of bunch of dead air and just uploading it or are you really sitting down and thinking about the type of content that you make and that's number one number two in 700 videos you should have learned so much me bro when I started my channel and I say you can do you can do this right here go to my channel go to video tab you have to do this on the computer you can't do it on your phone go to video tab and click oldest click oldest to newest it'll pull up my first video in order to where i'm at now you're gonna get through all of them it's over well over a thousand videos but what you will notice if you just kind of scan through them just look at the titles and the thumbnails i adjusted so many times like especially early on bro every 10 videos right so i'll come up with an idea and i'll be like all right 10 of these or whatever my number was right like i'm gonna do this for so long five of these, 10 of these, 15, whatever. At the end of that, I'm gonna work my ass off on it. I'm gonna put everything I can into it to the best of my ability at that time, which wasn't that great, you know what I'm saying? At the end of that, I go, I look at my numbers. The the views on this go down? Did they trend up slightly? Were they even? Was they doing, what were they doing? Break it down, figure out which videos, whichever ones did the best, you want to pull something from that. And as you kind of build up your base, like you really don't want to upload too much early before you have an audience. If you ain't got an audience, uploading every day doesn't make any sense. All right. If you don't have an audience, your number one priority needs to be building up. Well, you do need to build up a library. You know what I'm saying? So when people come in, so make you about five to 10 videos and then go for a hero video, right? Trying to pull people in and get them to subscribe. Then add to that library some more, and then boom, another hero video, pull people in. When you get people into the store, you need to have content that they like. If you got 700 videos and people coming to your channel and still not subscribing, that means your, your, your store is stocked with products that don't nobody want at that point. You feel what I'm saying? So in 700 videos, you should have figured out a little bit better like what cats like and what cats don't from you. You know, maybe you're just in a niche that is dead. Maybe you're doing some content that's already been done or if it's people already on YouTube that's doing it and doing it a lot better and you're not bringing in nothing new, that ain't never going to work. You feel me? You got to figure out a new way to approach the content or something to separate your content from everybody else or a reason that they... It's a reason that people might decide to watch my What Happened To video over... the. It's a bunch of channels that do these type of videos now. 
You know what I'm saying? But you got to find something to separate yourself. Same thing with NCAA before. You know, I went into it. And I'll just tell you, this is what I did, bro. I went into NCAA back in the day. And every video I would go to was like uh, an announcer. It was like, uh, and he kicks off and uh, Bo Jackson with the 50-yard pass and a touchdown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And all the channels was like that. So I decided to do live, like the, the face cam. And just do my live reactions. Like that one small thing at that time in that small niche, it wasn't being done. So, boom, I was able to add that. And I think that alone helped separate me. So even though a whole lot of people wasn't going to like it because this is different than, uh, let me go to back to the normal channels. But it was going to be some people that came and saw that it was like, uh, you know what I'm saying? There's something here. And then like over time, that, that kind of will build up. But at this point, yes, it's time to try something different if you want to be successful on YouTube at this point because you just got too much old content on your channel that's not doing nothing. And uh, the algorithm is is not a fan of your current channel. You feel me? But if you start a new channel and get a few people coming in there, maybe you can get into the algorithm and trigger something in and start to trigger some growth, man. You know what I'm saying? But don't give up on it, bro. If you really want it to work, it can work, you know? KTO first channel didn't really work and then his hey, channel no, no. popped off. I had about four so, channels that didn't work. His first four. All right, first four. <laughs> and it just took enough time to, to realize what could possibly work. Flemlo strategy, yeah. it worked like how you slowly built up and recalibrated and stuff. Mine was a little different. Yeah. It was attack with an idea that is like put your put everything into this video so someone happens to click on it and it's so good that they're like, oh my gosh, I want to see more from this guy. I'm not saying that's not yeah. how you thought, but I would only upload mm -mm. very, very like briefly or not briefly. That's not the right word. I would not upload that often. Infrequently. Cause I would go, yeah. okay. I, I would rather have one video on my channel and people all go to it. They all flood that video. And if they like it enough, then they're ready for that second one. And then I now I have two and then everyone sees that second one yeah. and they're ready for that third one. And it's like, that's the yeah. way I've built up everything. That's why I have people who constantly, like there's people who always go, KTO, I wish you uploaded more often. But then there's other people who go like, no, let him upload when he wants because then we get something that's like what we like want actually and special every time. Yeah. If I yeah. were to be trying, let's say, a different strategy where I upload every few days with my style of content, because there's people who do that. They will do my style of videos title wise and everything. And then the video is not good enough because they can't put enough effort into it because they just want to get it out. They just want to get these videos out because they're they're less concerned with how much people enjoy them and more of just they want that click. Yeah, it's the biggest yeah. issue in the world. If like I clicked on your channel, and I realized we've talked a lot about this, and a lot of the title it's just it's just repackaging content that's been done or it's news content, which is like you're not going to make it in new in the news world. It's just not going to happen. Unless you do something original where you're on camera with great production value, it's just a dead market. He's he's an MBA. And preferably you already have. Yeah, you have to have an audience if you're going to do like, news stuff. That want to hear your opinion on the news. Like Flemlo yeah. does news stuff with like the last chance you, you've done that. And it's like, that's hard enough to make. So the fact mm -hmm. that you do even decent with those videos is pretty incredible. Because a, a channel with less subs who would try to do that, it would just not get it would just not get it but it's because your quality of your content people know what they're getting you know what i mean yeah. anyway i think we've yeah. we've talked a lot about this 
We have, we have. The thing to take away from this, bro, is it's different ways to do it. We could, both of us went at it at completely different strategies, and we both ended up in the same place. So, if you got an idea, attack it. It can work, but um, you know you got to switch some stuff up because yeah, clearly what you're doing at the at this point it ain't working. You feel me? All right, we had yeah. that one more question. We was gonna go back to uh, yes. Rohan, right? Rohan, all right. Uh, am well, I, you can go. Is, am I going? All right, here we go. Was there a time when you struggled to find motivation because your goals seemed so out of reach? How did you overcome it? Uh, for me, this one, I've never struggled to find motivation because my goals seem out of reach. I've only struggled to find motivations when I didn't have compelling goals, right? Like that's, that's for me personally, like when I, in times in my life where I didn't know what I wanted. Like, for instance, when I went to college, I wasn't motivated because I was looking at all the majors and was like, yo, I don't want to do none of this for a living. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's, I wasn't motivated throughout school because none of those jobs was leading me to a path that I actually wanted to take. Um, you say struggling to find goals because your, your goals are out of reach. So I haven't done that, but I could. If, if I felt that way, I think here's what I would do. And anytime I've ever had a big goal, what I do is I chunk it down, right? So if my goal was, let me think of something. If my goal was to be on, God damn it, if it's to have like a, a ESPN show, you know what I'm saying? The, the very first thing I would do is say, okay, number one, I need to build an online audience. Whether that's on YouTube or on Instagram or on Twitter, whatever, a smaller goal that would lead to the bigger goal. You feel what I'm saying? You can't just come off the street. You ain't never been in front of a camera. You ain't never did nothing. You ain't did no work and be like, hey, I should be on ESPN. Nah, what you need to do is you need to say, okay, here's my big goal right here. Great. But in order to get there, I need to do this first. And then you start working toward this goal. You feel what I'm saying? And the closer you get to this smaller goal, obviously the closer you're getting to that goal. You feel me? And so... That's the most basic way that I could describe it. I haven't been through that myself. I haven't ever had issues with that. But that's uh, that's the advice I would give. You feel me? You got thoughts on this, bro? Yeah. I'm not sure if when you say out of reach, if it's a lack of belief in yourself or you're unrealistic with your goal setting. Now, if it's the first one, if it's lack of belief in yourself, that, that is something that you have to build over time through momentum of daily of like reaching your daily goals. So like for me, if I'm, if I'm doing this track thing, right, I'm training to be a sprinter and I want to become borderline world-class level speed. Well, to just be sitting here and wanting that there, like I couldn't go out and do a couple workouts and get there. It's just not going to, like, I'm not even close to that right now. But if I start by doing daily things I'm doing right now, which is I'm like, I told in a, in the advice comment for training, if I'm taking care of my body, like getting everything ready to be worked, everything ready to be worked. And then I am starting to do basic stuff. That's the proper way to do it. I research best ways to take care of your body, best ways to build up your body and just do all of that and slowly build it over time. You will start to get belief in yourself. Like if you're starting to, like I quit soda almost a year ago and soda was one of those things that I thought I would never be able to live without same as fast food. And I would have it all the time, but it wasn't even that hard once I just finally set my mind to doing it. Cause it would be like a week went by without soda. I'm like, Hey, I don't even need it. 
And then two weeks went by and then I'd have a soda and be like, okay, I had one, we're going to bounce back. And it's like having that, like dust yourself off and get back and go mentality. You build that belief in yourself. And that's something I've always struggled with is, is I have a lot of self doubt and it holds me back. But on the flip side, I've had so much belief in myself that I went at one point and said, Hey, I have zero subs right now. I am going to make it. And I did because I just, I just, it was pure belief in myself and making it work, like studying the kind of the YouTube landscape and figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, with getting a scholarship. It was, I had my back against the wall in high school, football fizzled out. And I still had this track thing that I was kind of good at, but nowhere near like division one scholarship level. And I went and got it. I yeah. went and became a state champion because I believed in myself. Yeah. Now there was a lot of stuff in between there that I was failing at because there was other aspects of life that I wasn't doing as well, but you have to believe in yourself first and foremost. Now, if your goals are unrealistic, like if you're like, Oh, I want to be the fastest man in the world. Okay. Well me saying that's a little silly because there's no way like physically just it's physically impossible for me to get to that point. Now to say that it, it's just me being honest. It's not a fact of, of self-doubt. I know that I'm naturally fast and naturally athletic and I can naturally do some amazing things with that. But to be, like you saying kids trying to like trying to train your kids to be LeBron, that's silly. That yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. So y y if you analyze your goal, break it down like Flemlo said and realize if it's realistic or not. And if it is, or if it seems like it's not, just you have to go attack it. You have to go attack it because the more time that you spend not thinking it's possible, the the less time you're going to get it. And I've been a victim of that for a very long time in yeah. a lot of things. I've just done it well enough in some categories to where I can get that belief in myself. Yeah. Flemo, you have said how much you've just like been able to do what you want because of, you know, your 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 thinking, like you have a positive mindset towards things. I think it reflects in the way you talk and the way you think because you see things and you can go get them because you believe in yourself and it's almost innate. Like you just have it at this point because of years of just knowing what you have, yeah. what you got. Yeah. And so for someone who's maybe struggled with not a lot of success in their life or whatever, you just gotta, you gotta start small and work your way up. You just, that's the way it has to be. You can't yeah. set a crazy goal if you haven't accomplished the small tasks. And, yeah. I'd ask I'd ask a question like whatever that big huge goal is why do you want it can you really answer that because like I'm thinking back That's right true. when I was a kid I wanted to be rich why did I want to be rich I really wanted to just be able to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it and get the stuff that I wanted right which is you know a decent house buy whatever shoes I wanted to, to buy and whatever Xbox games, you know what I'm saying? Like it really, when I really broke it down, I was sent, my goal was, yo, I want to be rich. But then I broke it down. I was like, yeah, I don't need to be rich to get the stuff I want. Like here's, all I need is this actually, you know, I want to be the fastest man in the world. Why? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. what, what's driving you to want this goal? Cause like, you really got to look at yourself. Cause are you doing this to impress other people? Are you doing it because of like the status that it come with? Or is this really, truly what you want? You feel what I'm saying? So definitely do that, man. I, I low-key wish we had what your goal actually was. Because um, 
And like, I almost hate using YouTube example for everything, but it's just, it's the thing that we've done the most. And so I just have a ton of YouTube examples in my head that I could easily go to. But like, if my goal was, yo, I want a million subscribers, but starting from nothing, like why? Why do you want a million subscribers, bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? I broke my goal down in the beginning. I never was like, yo, my goal is to have a million subscribers. Like I wanted to hit the number, but like, my main goal was I want to live full time off YouTube, whatever that means. And I yeah. can promise you, you don't need close to a million subscribers to to accomplish that goal no. to make YouTube no. your job. You feel what I'm saying? I went full time with 5,000 subscribers, right? So it can be done, bro. So it's just like you really got to look at what is it that you actually want, man? You might have to spend some time to yourself. Like, you got to get away from round people and just really think, man. Write out your goals, man. Watch some motivational videos so you can really kind of get into your into your brain and you know how you tick and how you work and what you want and what you're willing to give up. Because you can't just say, I want to be the fastest man in the world if you don't want to get your ass up and train every day. Like, if you don't want to do that, then you don't want to be the fastest man in the world. You yeah. feel what I'm saying? Like, because it's stuff that come with that. You know, if you want to be famous, do you really want to be famous? Like, it's stuff that come with being famous. Do you, Every time you go to the grocery store, you want people trying to get your autograph and take a picture. Do you really want that? Like, answer the damn question and really figure out what you actually want. And once you do that, I doubt seriously that your goal will feel like it's insurmountable. Like, it's just something that you can't attain. Like, I really yes. don't think it'll it'll be, it'll seem like that big once you really think about what you actually want. You know, true reflection and what's your why? Boom. I think that's that's it. That's exactly what you're saying. That is. I it. think that's yep. perfect. Yep. Yep. Boom. All right. Cool. I mean, we can talk about quickly if you want to talk about the games. Oh no. To we, wrap it up. No. We look. Appreciate y'all for coming <laughs> through. We are gonna holler at y'all next time. Peace. Nah. <laughs> but yeah, bro. I'll talk about the game real quick. I'll talk. Yeah. yeah I'll talk about the stupid ass game. So here's what happened, man. Uh, we went out there. <laughs> we just wasn't ready, bro. We wasn't ready. We not even it was it was bad, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the score, final score was like 37-10. It felt worse than that. You know, the damn the defense, I'll say this. The defense was holding up early and had the offense been able to operate the same way we operated against teams that don't have the number 1 pass rush in the league, we would have had a shot. But offense couldn't get nothing going because bro, we stopped Pittsburgh from scoring a touchdown for like their first five or six drives like we, we still had a great shot but we couldn't get anything going offensively um and they were just playing so much more physical than us and something that i've learned like i saw a lot of Bengals fans like mad on twitter talking about the refs but i've noticed this when we play and we just show up with that energy like we in charge like when we played tennessee and we brought it to them we got all the calls yeah. Like, and that's just how it go. Like, I'm not, it's not fair at all, but it just is what it is. And the Steelers, they was playing like it was their game. You know what I'm saying? And the refs just, for whatever reason, they get hypnotized by that. And so now all these late hits, they not calling it. All the, anything that's close, oh, it's going their way. And it just, it just happened yeah. like that. But again, in the couple games we've won, it was the exact same way. We took all the momentum. We got all the calls. Every time it was third down and, you know, Burrow throws an interception at one point, passing the fair. Like, you know what I'm saying? We didn't get those calls yesterday. The same calls, you know, or probably worse, really. But we didn't get those. So, 
you know, they took it to us. I think it was a great learning experience for our team. I was real glad that Ben Roethlisberger played because they were saying he might not play yeah. and blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, I want Joe Burrow to get that experience, bro. Go up against Ben, go up against this team and realize what you up against. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And so now we can come back just that much stronger. We ain't no bitches. We, we took an L. We'll bounce back. We got to play them again. And I'm expecting a better show in the second time around. That's all I got to say. Cool. <laughs> I didn't watch the game. I saw the score. So I just assumed. Your game was boring. It was the like, worst and Browns I'm a game football, of the year. football guy. It was it was, But it was, it was less to do with the game. I, I felt like both teams weren't very prepared for the game. And the weather just ruined everything. The weather was terrible. They yeah. had that delay. And as soon as I heard and I looked up and it was like, up to a 70 mile an hour wind gust. I'm like, oh, great. It's going to be one of those games. Like a game yeah. where you know they're not yeah. passing it deep, so you stack the box. No one can run that yeah. well. And luckily, yeah. the, the Browns' rush attack kind of finally got going in the fourth quarter, and it made the game seem like... Like, you look at the stats, you're like, oh, the Browns ran the ball well. It's like, yeah, but the Texans have the worst run defense in the NFL. They're not a good team. They ha fired their coach. I'm just happy that Deshaun Watson didn't pop off, and the Browns' defense kind of held that in check and had a big fourth down stop. I just felt like I didn't learn a lot about the Browns this week. And this is my, this is like the winning mentality I have now. Cause old me would have been like happy with the win. But at this point, I'm pretty confident the Browns can beat bad teams. The Texans are not a good team. Yeah. And so the yeah. fact that it was, it could have gone either way at the end and it should have been a game that the Browns should have played so much better it's weird because the Browns are six and three and I'm like, I still don't know what this team's made of. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Cause you're not playing well. You're not playing. Yeah. Well. And yeah. I guess that's a good, that's a, that's a sign of a grow. Like we're growing because we can be six and that's three, not playing well. A lot of the times that's yeah. definitely a good sign <laughs> to be. Yeah, yeah. Cause the last time we were, I'm glad you're a fan that can understand yeah, that, bro. I've talked to fans who, oh, you hate, we're 63. What you mean we ain't playing good? I'm like, are, are you watching the games? The, the big problem. <laughs> you're not playing close to your potential. Not even yeah, close. The big problem, I think, for me is I, is I don't get in the middle of like the, the balance between understanding things. I get all the way on one side or the other. So I've done that like, <laughs> oh, we're not the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're not amazing right now. Something's wrong. Or I'm like, like on the other side when you're so bad and you're just like, Oh, well, you know, we almost won. So I feel good. Like, I think it's yeah. trying to, to, you know, I didn't even watch the highlights after the game. It was that bad, but looking at it, honestly, it was just kind of one of those forgettable games, like a game that in two, three weeks time or after the season, I'm like, Oh yeah, we played the Texans. Oh yeah. Oh, that game was bad. That was just not a good yeah. football game. But that's one of those games that a week, two, week, two weeks from now, you're going to be glad that you yep. won that ugly-ass game than, than losing yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? So it that's, just, I think, the difference in the, yeah. the Browns now and the Browns before. Y'all could play bad and still figure out a way to yep. win the game. So that's good. Yeah, and yeah. other than that, I think we're good. To, I, I, there's nothing else to say about All that. Right, we good, man. Karsten is rushing because he's trying to get back on Call of Duty Cold War. Um, they have double XP. Oh, so okay. my man is probably trying to prestige. And so am I. So we're going to holler at y'all <laughs> next time, man. Appreciate y'all for watching. <laughs> we'll catch y'all in the next one. Peace.